back with another episode of Career Bound. This morning, we're going to talk about decision fatigue, the act of making decisions earlier in your career, how your velocity of making decisions impacts sort of your long-term trajectory, all of that good stuff. Lots of other um, rabbit trails will probably follow first. So Cameron, I know that we were kind of talking about this before we flip record on and open us up here, talk about sort of um, the difference between you know, people make decisions quickly, those who belabor decisions, sort of the impact of that and any other opening thoughts here? Yeah, so we're, we want to have that discussion about kind of the role that the velocity and, and pace of making decisions kind of plays, especially early on in your career. I think there's kind of two different categories that we could go into. One is just like making, making career decisions about your career itself. And you know what to keep in mind when when you're making decisions, um, as well as like from a job performance, you know, professional development perspective. I think you know making de decision making is a skill itself. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can dive into that as well. So I mean, my initial thoughts is I think the most people probably try to categorize decisions into like, oh, this is a big decision, you know, in terms of, you know, somewhere in my career journey I have to make. And therefore I need, to, they default to the mindset of, I have, I have to get this right. And yep. if it takes more time to get that decision right, then, then it's worth the cost of, you know, the time you're spending kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, in our spheres and stuff, like you're you're starting to hear more like pushback on that kind of default approach. It's like, no, it's actually better to make more decision, like make good enough decisions at a faster clip, and yeah. that's what's going to kind of build momentum and 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 everything. But let's let's kind of break it down. Like, you know, if you're early on in your career. Um, when, when do these kinds of like situations come into play? Like the, the big one for me is just like figuring out what you want to do career wise would, would be the easy one. Um, and that, that shows up at, you know, right at the beginning of your career and then at various points throughout your career. Yeah. So you, you, you use two words describing decisions that I think are worth really digging into. So there's this perception of the size of a decision where it's like, this is a really big decision. Um, you know, for, for young adults, oftentimes it's like, what am I going to do after high school? Where am I going to go to college? Um, to some degree, it's like, where do I want to work? But you don't really have complete control over where, where, who's going to give you job offers. Um, there's sort of a direction that you can add and, and things like that. But, um, there's this, there's this perception, like this is a really big decision. And then the second part that I think is, is worth really unpacking too is like, it's worth getting this right. Making a right decision is the most valuable thing I can do. And so I, I, I convince myself that it's worth all of this, uh, both cognitive and emotional buildup and stress um, to, to make that decision right. So I want to talk about both of those things in, in more length here because my my point of view today 
now having lived much more life than when I was 17, 18 and making some of those decisions and feeling that same amount of pressure of like, oh my gosh, what I'm going to study in college, where I'm going to go, what my life plan for the next 10 years is. All of this feels like this thing I have to have right. And it feels like this really, really big earth shattering, like all encompassing thing. And so um, what I know today is like, most of that's just not true. Um, you don't, it's, it's not as big of a decision as you, you feel like to choose something um, because it's not a, it's not a finite fixed thing. Like your choice is something that you can change. Um, and I think that, that oftentimes putting all that pressure on yourself is, is it's deceiving yourself about the reversibility of choices you make. Um, there are definitely decisions that are what I would call like irreversible decisions. So like, if you choose to go out and drunk drive and get a DUI, like you've made an irreversible decision that like you have long-term consequences. You have to like, like you've eliminated some options from your, you know, your, from your playing field, at least in the short term. Um, you know, like that's a drastic example, but, but just to illustrate, like most of the decisions you're making early on in your career, they're not as big as you feel like because you have time to change course. If that decision what, you make isn't yeah. Mitchell, what what decisions do you think, like early on in adulthood, early on in career, do you think are typically viewed as like these are big decisions where you should prioritize getting them right rather than like making the decision on a faster pace that are actually you know better off like they are they are more reversible, they are less permanent than people realize. Yeah, so I, I think the first one is like just what you're doing after after high school. Um, I think people feel this intense amount of pressure to choose the right thing, and and that it, they have this feeling that it's such a big decision. It's like, you know, I need to go to college now, even if I don't really want to, or even if I'm not really sure what I want to do. I need to go now because I've been convinced that the consequences of not doing that are very high. Like I'll be behind. I'll be somebody who's, you know, not only behind my peers, but I'll be older when I graduate. There's like all this buildup. It's like, that's, I have to, I'm forced into making this decision. And then a function of that becomes not only do I go to college, but like, which college do I choose? You know, there's some control, some of that's out of your control. Like where were you accepted and, and things like that. But I think it's, it's, it's all of those early career moves too, because I think even for people who choose not to go to college, it's, if I'm going to enter the workforce or I'm going to take a gap year, um, and more so for those entering the workforce that are ambitious is like, which types of jobs do I want to get? It really matters the type of company or which company or which trajectory yeah. I get on. The fact of the matter is like, none of that matters as much as it feels like it does right now in this moment. And, and part of, part of the, the, the moment that I think, instead of making this a really stressful moment the way most young adults do because they have all this perceived pressure on on this is a big life decision i have to get it right i would say revel in the moment of probably your first opportunity to exhibit in any meaningful amount of independence and freedom over your life life course you know up to that point a lot of young adults they have no say over like how their life has been constructed. And to be fair, some, some helicopter parents probably are like, you're going to this college, you're gonna do that. Like there's probably still some, some feuds there for, for
for some people, but the vast majority of, of young adults, 18 years old, like you get to choose, or you have at least some higher level of agency mm -hmm. than you've experienced for the past 18 years of your life over what you get to do. And so instead of letting it stress you out, I think celebrate that, that you have that, you have that agency. And two, um, and instead of stressing over it and celebrating it, like recognize that you have time to adapt. You have the opportunity to change course if the decision you make first doesn't pan out or it, or you feel like you, you get, you know, 100 yards down that path and you're like, okay, this isn't panning out the way that I thought it was, or maybe I've learned something new that I'm now interested in this path. Like, you have the ability to adapt. Your life is a very long time. Your career is a very long time. It's not this fixed final decision that, um, you know, it's not a prison sentence that you've, you've elected for the rest of your, your life. And that's, that's why I also say like this pressure at getting it right is not necessarily, it's not necessarily the right way to think about it either, because there's an immense amount of value from making wrong decisions, making mistakes early on. And like, not, not only, and I don't mean like, devastating mistakes to use the extreme example of like you go get arrested or something like that. And, and like, I mean, going after something that you think you want and taking that experiment seriously and recognizing, Hey, this isn't necessarily the thing that I'm most interested in. That's, that's a useful experiment. Even if it, it was failed, even if your sort of initial hypothesis was wrong, like being able to sort of build that muscle of, trying things and adapting and course correcting and, and making a new decision is a really useful sort of fundamental towards, you know, being able to make decisions more effectively long-term, I think too. So. Yeah. I would say, especially with like early career decisions on like what kind of careers you're going to pursue, what kinds of companies, what kinds of skills you're, you're choosing to intentionally develop. Like, like you're saying, it's, it's more important to have a hypothesis that you act on. It's, it's more important to have the hypothesis and act on it rather than make sure you have the right yeah. hypothesis. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think what happens, I, I think what happens all too often, and this is, this is true, not just of young adults, but people sort of at any stage of their career is you expend I, I do this too. I'm guilty as charged too. I, I'm, this is sort of my default state too. It's like you expend ridiculous amounts of energy evaluating a decision and it's exhausting and it's, it's emotionally draining. It's, it's distracting intellectually from whatever other responsibilities you have. It, I mean, it, it consumes you. The more sort of weight you put on your decisions, as opposed to sort of default to just like action bias. And there's probably some like middle ground that's optimal that, you know, we can we can talk about that in different times of your life and different stakes, I think, where sort of jumping into something before evaluating is not necessarily the right path. But like more often than not, being a little bit closer to action bias than just like this analysis paralysis, there's a lot of value to that. Um, if, if for no other reason than just saving yourself a lot of agony and stress and, and emotional turmoil from, I think, from 
from deceiving yourself and pretending like your decision one is as consequential as you think it is. And two, that it's like a, a final thing that you can't course correct from. Yeah. Or just viewing it as like, I'm either going to get the decision right or wrong. And therefore I need to be right rather than being like, all right, there's a whole range of outcomes here that are going to have some kind of value, some kind of, you know, something I can take away and learn from and apply it, you know, to my future essentially. Um, Yeah. I think a good contrast, like I think we, everybody knows at least a couple of people in their lives that, you know, very regularly kind of get, you know, get into that like paralysis by analysis mode where they're just agonizing over decisions. It takes them forever to, to make a decision and act and act on it. And then everybody knows kind of the, the kind of personality on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, Oh, this person's just like super hyper jumping around and it seems like there's never any, any kind of plan. Yeah. And, you know, I think, like you said, like, yeah, there's value to having a balance there, but I think most people tend to be on the, you know, slow to make decisions end of the spectrum and would be better off by kind of intentionally forcing themselves like, hey, you know, I'm going to go after a first job in this area of, you know, of a career and I'm going to commit to building the skills, landing that experience you know, I'm going to commit to like 12 months of trying this one thing out and seeing how it goes and just like, all right, I have three or four things that I think I might be interested. I'm going to pick one, pursue it, give it like go all in on it for a definitive amount of time. And then at the end of that definitive amount of time, I'm going to like pick my head up and, you know, kind of reassess, like, do I feel like I'm on the, you know, am I rowing in the direction that I want to be rowing in essentially? Yeah, I think so. There's another component of this decision making, too, that I think people are all too familiar with, whether you admit it or not, or whether you you sort of think about it this way. So it's like I like to think of it in terms of like making decisions with integrity. So people labor over making decisions. And then oftentimes, whether this is sort of inertia that carries them into the situation or they've deliberately chosen to make this decision, they get down the path that they're now on as a result of inaction or deliberate decision-making. And they're they're not fully committed to the decision that they've made. And that I think is actually more harmful than being somebody who's just quick to make decisions and take action. And I, I'll give you kind of a, a quick, you know, silly story to illustrate this and, and this idea of like, once you've made a decision to take action on something, you, you need to commit to see it through until you have chosen the course correct. But like, while you're in the process of that decision, you need to see it through. I, I remember this, you know, there's a story, I was like eight years old or something. I got a new set of rollerblades for my birthday. And, um, you know, as an eight year old kid that was obsessed with Mighty Ducks and other stuff. So thought it was gonna be like a little league, like roller hockey star or something, but the, I remember opening these uh, rollerblades. The first thing that came to mind is like, dad, I want you to take me to the park. It'll be so awesome. I'm going to ride these rollerblades down the slide. And we got to the park. We got to the park and I put my rollerblades on. I climbed up to the top. And my dad was like, I don't think it's a good, good idea, Mitch. 
was like, no, no, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to do it. First time your dad brought up that this may not be a good idea for you to do? <laughs> no, no. I'm sure, he, before you went to the park? I'm sure he, he thought about it all the way over there, but I'm, I'm standing up at the top of this slide. I'm like, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And like little eight-year-old me is also kind of like, oh, this is terrifying, but it's going to, it's going to be awesome. And I immediately, like, I, I set my feet, you know, toward the end of the slide and I, I started to push myself off and immediately I like leaned back and I just completely just, you know, destroyed my pride and also probably, you know, bruised myself pretty badly. <laughs> and my dad, after that, he was like, he didn't tell me it was a stupid idea. He just picked me up and he's like, you know, you almost had it if you wouldn't have leaned back. He's like, if you would have just, if you would have just kept with it instead of leaning back halfway through, you would have been fine. And I tell that story to illustrate this sort of like same, same concept of when you're in that process of making decisions, like you've got up, you've got that process of climbing the stairs. This is your analysis before you make a decision. But once you're up at the top of the slide and you've committed like, hey, here's the decision I'm going to make. You can't lean back. Like you got to go all in on that decision until you've seen that experiment through. And then it's okay to course correct. But I think, you know, it's not just the build up to the decision that people have trouble with. Oftentimes it's also making that decision with integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Staying hesitant. Like, all right, you've made the decision. You're on that path. There's, there's no reversing the immediate decision you already made. Like you, for some period of time, you have to fully commit to it. Absolutely. And I think that that's like, if you're going to be slow to make decisions, then commit to them. Um, but well, but it, don't, it don't be being, being slow, it puts even more pressure on you for it to be the right decision. Yeah. And and therefore it puts pressure on you to like to yeah to get it right. Whereas the person who's kind of acting like all right, like I'm making, I'm trying to make the best decision. It, it's not just totally willy nilly. Like I'm I'm blindfolded throwing darts at a yeah. at the wall kind of thing. But if you have that mindset of like all right, I've assessed things. You know I've, I've considered. My, my options, the pros and cons, et cetera, I'm going down this path and it's like, all right, I'm going to be fully committed to it. And I think getting to that point quicker, it gives you more time to figure out was this the right direction? And instead of like, instead of taking, you know, a year to decide what kinds of jobs you want to, you know, first pursue early on in your career, if you took a week or two to decide that, and and now you're essentially a year ahead of where you were, if, if you took that time, and now you actually have the time to figure out, like to learn from that kind of experience. And, you know, you're like, I, I think it's actually a good visual to like imagine, like I used to play um, the, the Crash Bandicoot uh, <laughs> games, you know, back way back in the day growing up and they would have like the races where you were on a time trial. Oh, and yeah. so you were trying to beat like your previous time and they showed like the little, like kind of ghost version of, 
of your game character and you're trying to like, you know, beat him essentially. Like, I think that's a good like mental visual of like how, how much, you know, how farther ahead or behind of myself would I be if I approached it, you know, this way versus, versus that way. Um, and then, you know, specifically like if I took time to make this decision versus, you know, just kind of, again, leaning into that like action bias and everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you, if like you could go get another year of, of experience rather than just sitting there and, and, you know, sitting in college board as a tortured soul, like unsure about the station you're in, like you're going to be better off. But I think that the point you just made is, is really crucial. So the distinction between comparing yourself to yourself, so your past self and sort of your future potential self, as opposed to comparing yourself to other people. You are on your own path and sort of you have your own trajectory. And like that's the that's the comparison. If you need to make comparisons, compare yourself to sort of where you've been, who you are, and who you could be, as opposed to, hey, am I behind my peers? Is the path that I'm on, is it, you know, like, back to what I was saying earlier about the the pressure to feel like you got to go to college immediately, whether you're convinced that's the right decision or not, because you feel this pressure of like, I don't want to get five years down the road and now I'm behind my peers or I'm the old student and I'm not going to have job prospects and my whole life is going to be wrecked because I didn't, I missed this window of time. Like forget about that comparison. Instead, compare yourself to who you could be, who you are today. Um, to, to go off on another tangent here, I, I want to, I wanted to just like kind of pick your brain too about like, how do you get better at making decisions aside from actually making decisions? Like what are, what are other things you can do to improve not only your decision-making ability, but improving the quality of your decision-making over time? Like has, has there been anything that, whether it's this formal exercise or just life experience that's been useful for you and i can i can think of some things too i i set the question up but i'm i'm just thinking of my own thinking out loud yeah like i'm i'm not one to have like super formal structured like oh these are the mental models that (laughs) i am sitting down and and thinking through to like make decisions in my life or like you know how to how to improve myself in in those kinds of ways or whatever but I think a lot of it is just like, how good are you at increasing your self-awareness and knowledge as you gain experience and everything? So, you know, it's, I think it kind of comes back to the very basic concept of like, you don't want to make the same mistake twice. So like Mm -hmm. you make a decision and if, if it's didn't work out as you expected, it's like, all right, like sit down and think through like what, what do you think actually happened here? Um, yeah. You know, what what were the assumptions that you based the initial decision off of? You know, were those incorrect or, you know, were there things that happened that, you know, you couldn't have predicted? And, you know, that was just kind of part of the overall, like, risk assessment of, of the decision you made. Um, but, yeah, I think I personally, I kind of rely on just you know, hey, like I trust myself to gain more self-awareness, self-knowledge so that, you know, I'm able to make better decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. And and then I think there's also, 
you know, component of always trying to figure out like, hey, how can I learn from others that seem to be more skilled, like that seem to be skilled at decision making? Like what are, you know, if I can take a little little nugget away from, you know, either somebody that I personally know and I'm I'm kind of seeing them go through some kind of, you know, decision making process and I can store away for you know, my future self when I'm in a similar position as them or, you know, just, you know, different things like that. Um, I think I think it just starts, though, with, you know, understanding the value of, hey, like if you're 18 to 22, you're just getting your life started. You're I think just knowing like you're not going to be the best at making, you know, those kind of like bigger career and life decisions. Um necessarily, or you're not going to be as good as you should be, you know, five years into the future, 10 years into the future. So no, like in, in some ways you're like handicapped compared to your future self. And then just kind of giving yourself, like, I think understanding like, all right, I'm not, not as good at decision-making on big things as I'm going to be. Therefore, like I should account for that when I'm making decisions. Like, I think that's a really yeah kind of simple simple meta thing to, to keep in mind. Yeah. I, I have a few different sort of loose made up frameworks of my own, but, but one, there's one quote that I, I come back to all the time. Um, and this is a different season in my life than when this was super valuable, um, initially, but it's valuable for a different reason now. So Derek Sivers, successful entrepreneur, like one of his big quotes, that has been, you know, reused all the time is early on in your career, career, say yes to everything. That's not a hell no. And as you go over time, say no to everything. That's not a hell yes. And yeah, I think that's about as simple of a framework as, as possible. Like you want to get a ton of reps early on. You want to avoid the stuff you hate, but you want to get a ton of reps and then kind of course correct from there. And then over time, as you find your groove, like say no, like liberally say no to things to be able to preserve your ability to, to like prioritize what is important to you. Um, a couple other things that I use. So as you know, I love to model, I love to model, build spreadsheet models, build financial models, all sorts of things. But like in a, in a simpler version of that, sometimes I like to, this is typically for like bigger life decisions, career decisions, investments, relationships, things like that is like simple, like model this out on five years, this, this decision out on five years. Like, especially if you're like in a situation where it's like in the past, for instance, I've been, you know, this is a job that like, I love the job, but I was kind of burnt out and ready to do my next thing. And I was like, I wasn't growing and I wasn't like invested in my own personal development anymore. And I kind of saw this somewhat rocky trajectory of like, how much more, where am I at in a few years if I continue down this path, as opposed to this other thing that I'm, I'm a lot more excited about. I don't have as much long-term clarity about where this is going to take me, but I see sort of the change in trajectory is up because I'm excited as opposed to like kind of this like flat line trajectory. And so sometimes just thinking about the opportunity, it's, it was an opportunity. It's a future opportunity based kind of path rather than 
the thing that was more known, potentially mm-hmm. seen as more like like the safe decision, not the growth decision. Exactly. And you don't you obviously don't yeah. know you don't know what you don't know. You don't know how the future is going to shake out really um, based on this decision or, or, you know, this decision, but you know yourself and you can kind of like, I think being somewhat future oriented and, and assessing your feeling as you evaluate those different potential versions of yourself, like you kind of already know which decision you want to make based on like, Oh, attached to this decision, there's all these things, these elements that, make my life suck more or I'm unhappy or I feel like I'm not being the best version of myself. And over on this path, there's possibility. There's a lot of unknowns, but it, it's a, a more optimistic, more hopeful, aspirational version of myself. There's like more possibility. And so like, sometimes it's as simple as just like thinking about the decision you're making in relation to like where you are today. And like, hypothetically, where are you going to be in a few years? Um, the other one, so one other one here, and I think I think I've got this book on this book. Uh, Thinking in Bets is a good book. Yeah. Um, Annie Duke is a former professional poker player. So I, what I like about this book, and and I, I think it's like practical, actionable advice for people is this idea of like expected value, where you know in poker you're making a a quick mathematical. You're making a quick mathematical calculation of like, okay, here's the hand I have in relation to the other um, known quantities here. And here's the value of the pot. And at this level of probability, like here's my expected value. You don't have to be a math genius to use this in your life. But like you kind of, what it does is it divorces the outcome from the process of making a decision where it's like, you can make a lot of right decisions like this is the right decision and the outcome is is not what you hoped it could be like that's a really important lesson i think to learn is in the process of making decisions in your life sometimes you're going to make the right decision it's not going to pan out how you wanted it to and that you're not wrong well it's you know to to stay with the poker analogy it's like over the length of a single game of poker yeah you can make consistently good decisions and still not have the best outcomes but over the length of like a season of of poker games you know for for a calendar year if if you stick to the right methodology to to make your you know for your poker strategy then you should come out ahead and it's it's like it's the same thing applied to like your the like the length of your career like any given decision could could end up being like the not ideal outcome, but over the length of your career, if you kind of develop a methodology that makes sense for you as an individual and you stick to making decisions based off of that, then you should, you know, be ahead of where, you know, you should be on the the track that you want to be essentially. Yep. I, I remember playing sports in high school and, um, I don't remember which coach told me this one time, but you know, like the Tennessee, like you have a bad, a ref makes a bad call or something like that. Or like um, the play that's drawn up at the end of the game when the game's on the line and it's not a good play. There's like these, these fixed decisions when people are, are 
watching sports or playing sports where it's like everything comes down to this decision and it was made poorly or there was a bad call or something. And we tend to fixate on like that thing as the thing that changed the outcome of the game. And I remember a coach at some point, I just don't even remember who it was, or I'd, I'd, I'd probably have a better story here, but I remember a coach telling me, it's like, the decisions never come down to that one thing. It's like, if you're doing everything right through the course of the entire game, it should never yeah. come down to one play, one call, one missed, you know, one missed um, decision by an umpire referee. Like you can't, we like to fixate on that one thing because we have this, you know, we're sensationalists, I think. And we like to have this causal explanation for our own failures. But in reality, it's typically like your average of decisions and performance over time, as opposed to like one finite thing. And that goes back to what we, we started the conversation off with is like, rarely is one decision as consequential as you're, you're making it out to be. It's typically your series of decisions, your habits, your, your lifestyle, your choices accumulated over time. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, I think I'm trying to bring this back kind of full circle. So like our, you know, we're having a broad conversation here, but I think like the general theme is we would advise young people to make more decisions at a faster pace, optimize for, you know, having that bias towards action rather than being slow with your decision-making. What, what are some of the general themes we can kind of summarize here as to why we're making the case for that? Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> so we, we didn't get into this, we're, we don't need to get into it now, is that over time, there are going to be different different periods of your life where the stakes are higher and maybe being more deliberate is is valuable. Um, but over time, what you don't have at the start of your career that you should have later on in your career is you have this much broader set of experiences making decisions that you can reflect on. When you're just starting out, though, you don't have that. So the velocity of decisions is very valuable. It's it's exponentially more valuable than whether your decisions are right or wrong is making a lot of decisions and collecting sort of the the data from those decisions over time if you get to you know if you're you're 18 and from 18 to 25 you make like three meaningful decisions compared to somebody from 18 to 25 who's made hundreds if not thousands of meaningful decisions you're going to be on wildly different trajectories because sort of this this breadth of knowledge, this breadth of experience, and the confidence that comes from making a decision, committing to it, seeing it through, and like building that confidence is like, hey, whether I made the right decision or not, I know how to adapt from here. I know that I can make another decision to help me course correct from here. And that's where I think that that, that action bias, that velocity of making decisions early on in your career, it's beneficial regardless of whether your decisions are right or not, because of the practice, building that muscle um, of making decisions and learning how to move forward and advance in life. That's, that's really the most valuable part of that. Yeah, I, I think, I think that sums it up nicely. Um, yeah, make, 
the more the more opportunities that you choose to take on to like make decisions, commit to those decisions, gain that experience, and the more information you're going to have to kind of formulate your kind of like longer term hypothesis for like the direction of your career in life. Um, so I think, yeah, it's good, good case for not, not getting bogged down, not kind of over, overestimating like how important any single decision is and rather like focus on like, all right, what is my, you know, at this stage of my life, what is going to be kind of like my methodology or strategy towards, you know, like career decisions. Hey, early on in my career, I'm going to kind of prioritize, optimize for like gaining as much, as many different kinds of experience within the range of things. I, you know, I have a, some kind of re like, I have good reason to, to expect like those could lead to, you know, good outcomes for myself rather than feeling like, okay, I have to over, over plan and over prepare to make like the one or two right decisions. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back again with more hard won wisdom from our own lives and careers and working with other people.